0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. So, just, I mean, I could spend here all day talking about all the things that God is doing, but I want to talk about and bring forth the Word of God, because I believe that when we live for the Lord, we have to change. We have to choose. So the, God has gone through and placed in my heart. So today's message is called, Who Touched Me? Because the reality is we have many people in the church. where Jesus was constantly surrounded. But how many people actually touched him? They mobbed him. They crowded him. But how many people touched him? So we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 63. And you guys know the history of Israel. It's not a good one. So by this time, during the times of Isaiah when this is written, Israel was going through a really hard times. Their, their kings had grown, coming to the Lord, not in the Lord, coming to the Lord, not in the Lord. There was There was a cycle of digression spiritually. People were going, and little by little, they were drifting away from God. And you see that, that as more and more time came through, even in the midst of warning and even in the midst of like people speaking, hey, this nation needs to change, people still continued to plummet down in the way that they were living. You saw it in the kings. You saw it even in the priests and the prophets, and everyone. You want to know why? Because it's easy to be complacent. So they were constantly being... Re- they, got, they were rebuked because of the way that they were living, because of their idolatry, because of their corruption and their bribery, because of their love of money. I mean, there was a lot of things being brought forth. And they didn't change. So we go through in 63, in verse 15, And and here's Isaiah, and he's crying out to God, and he's like, look to us from heaven. He's crying unto the Lord, because you understand, he's seen the progressiveness of everything that is happening. But also, as a man of God, he sees what is coming. He sees what is about to come. And he's crying out before the Lord. And he's like, Lord, come down from heaven. And see your habitation, holy and glorious. And he continues to speak. And he's asking, like, where is your seal and your strength, your yearning? You got to understand, we all get to a place that we, we start to look and we start to reminisce about the past. And we desire for there to be a breaking, a breakthrough with the things of God, with the presence of God in our lives. That is actually a really good place. The problem we have is many churches, many people, and I say this because I've been in Burundi for 11 years this February 12th, and I've been trying for 11 years to get a church to let me train their leaders or to start a Bible school, and not a single one of them has accepted, but yet they're spiritual. They know how to jump. They know how to praise, but what's everything without discipleship? You can play church, but are you the church? We have to question ourselves. You have to understand, it doesn't matter what we're doing. We have to look within ourselves because we, by nature, we're selfish. We are self-centered. We want to live for ourselves. We want to do our own things. This is why we have to deny ourselves daily. We choose what do we want to do. And the problem is that many people begin to start giving up. They stop... Pursuing, they stop pressing through. So he goes through, he continues talking, and he's he he's saying, Oh, doubtless you are our father, and he's talking because we're the children of Abraham. Then you get to the next chapter, and then you see even a more bold proclamation: Oh Lord God, that you would rent the heavens, that you would come down. And he continues speaking forth. And he's talking as the fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil. Make your name known to your adversaries and the nations that they may tremble at your presence. And you see in verse 3, he starts to go into the reminiscing. I think many Christians, we find ourselves living in the past. As we call the glory days. Oh, and This. And that, in that, because I believe we come through, God begins to move, and we flourish, and we get comfortable. And not until we realize we've drifted far from shore that we're like, oh, we need to come back. This is why there's a calling for an awakening within God, for the house of God, for the children of God. So he continues speaking. He says, when you came down in the mountains, shook at your presence... Since the beginning of the world, men have not heard or perceived with their ears, nor has eyes seen besides... I mean, he's talking about like, what you did, no one has seen. What you have done, no ear had ever heard. I mean, think about this. Here's Moses and the, the Caesar parted, the plagues before that. Him sustaining them through the wilderness. And then going through and then raising them to be a nation being with them. Can you imagine them going through and they would go to war and at one point they ran back because a few of them got killed. That the Lord carried them in such a way that even in the midst of war, he maintained them. I mean, it's evident more and more things that God was doing. He was showing himself. He was with them. But yet they still went through, continue to drift and then walk away from God. But he goes, and the things you do, for who acts for the ones who wait for him? I'm talking, this is the last of verse 4. You meet him who rejoices and does righteous, who remembers you in your ways, verse 5. And there's a shift. You indeed are angry, for we have sinned. In these ways, we continue, and we need to be saved. I want to ask this of you. Who's, who wrote this? This is the prophet Isaiah. Yet, even then, hear his words. There's a lesson in the midst of this, because if we're seeking revival, you have to learn this based in humility. He didn't sit there and say, God, save those people. Every man and renowned man of God, the way he spoke, the way he prayed, he included himself in the prayers that he spoke. From Moses, God, forgive us our sins. Daniel, Lord, forgive us our sins. You see a a sense of ownership because they were like, hey, they were leaders and, and there were a presence in the place. So they understood part of this has to do with the lack of what I have not done. You see? There's, a, there's an entitlement. There's an ownership that comes with it. So there he is and he's like, well, we have sinned. And he continues speaking. We are like unclean things. And all of our righteousness is like a filthy rag. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquity, iniquity like the winds, it has taken us away. And there's no one who calls your name, who stirs himself to take a hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. I want you to ask this question. During this time, was the temple up? You know, history was still up. Was there sacrifice going on? Was there offerings going on? The whole cliche of church was still being maintained. But before God, was it pure? Was it righteous? is in Isaiah, it also says, for they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Because we grow sometimes in a place that life becomes about us. It becomes about what we want, the things that we want to do. And we stopped pressing through, pressing in. We stopped fighting for the things that are holy. We stopped fighting for the things that are God. And then we find ourselves in this cycle of beating ourselves up instead of raising ourselves up. We fall into the lies of the enemy and we stop persevering to go higher and deeper in the things of God. Brundi has been my spiritual grave. I went to a church. I did an eight-week training on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I went... Did an altar call. The Lord moved in power, people shaking, people being set free, people being delivered, and I was sit down. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing with me? But obedience is better than sacrifice. It's understanding to be where God wants you to be and to learn what He wants to say. There's always something. But if you guys, I'm sure none of you guys are like me. I'm stubborn. I was in there kicking and screaming. I'm like, Lord, this is is hard. You know me. But still, do we persevere or we give in? I don't stay quiet. I will speak my mind. I'm like, this is not right. I was in there like things need to change. I will continue to speak the truth even if doors seem to close. There comes a time that God will open the door that no man can close. But this is about persevering in the things of God. About not permitting yourself to be swayed by the things of the world. Most people, they they continue in the complacency Man, sometimes the truth can be offensive, even when you speak with missionaries, and they're like, oh, yeah, because it is a culture where it is natural to lie. It is normal, from pastors to leaders. It doesn't matter what category of Christianity you're in or society. It is a natural, accepted, common thing. I've worked hard training with our staff, talking to the people we know and says, listen to me, six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination, and two of them have to do with lying, so change your ways. They go through, they come late, and I'm talking about like, I'm not talking about five or ten minutes, I'm talking about 45 minutes an hour plus. I'm like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Even with our job, they're like, well, this is Burundi. I'm like, you're working for me. And we walk into integrity of God. You don't like it, find somewhere else to work. I appreciate you, but there's rules. Do we live in the same way, though, with our God? Do we accept the things that we're doing or the things where we are not doing to fulfill our righteousness in God? And I simply say fulfill our righteousness because it is important that we continue to read the Word of God. Do you know how many people don't read the Bible? 96 to 98% of the body of Christ does not read the Bible. The biggest problem I have sometimes is with worshipers. They love to spend time worshiping, but they don't take time reading. Obviously, they didn't realize that um, the worshipers were Levites. And they had every single restraint that everyone else had. They had to know the word. They had to know the law. They had to know it by memory. Now, you just need to have a nice voice. No. No. People of God, you, there has to be an awakening because it is the word of God within us that causes there to be changed. It is us holding on to our values and our, and our character in God that causes there to be fruits. You have to learn to be righteous. You have to learn to take a hold of God and say, God, this is what I'm doing. Or else we find ourselves that we're in a cycle of... When people say grace, they're not talking about the grace of God. They're talking about a girl named Grace. Because it is so easy to sin and then come to God and be like, obviously they haven't read Hebrews that when you sin, you you crucify the, the son of God all over again and you trample upon his blood. They don't search the word because they don't want there to be change. There has to be a conviction in which we walk by. There has to be a standard that will separate us from those that are of the world. Even in the midst of Christianity, Paul's speaking in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that there's the Christians, there's the unlearned Christians. And then you have the unbelievers. There's different categories of Christianity. But my question is, what are we doing to maintain, because we want to see greatness. We want to see revival. We want to see many things. But are we rooting ourselves in God to be ready for the storm? I was in Germany, and one of the biggest churches over there, they brought in a guest speaker, and he had, they found them to have had the coronavirus. So they shut down, and the church is closed, and they don't know how long they're going to be without having service. So my question is this. How many of those Christians are going to continue to worship, to praise, and to seek the face in the word of God? Because it's easy, come and be fed. Mm. But not understanding, God is calling us to maturity. There's a standard that God wants to bring out. And this is the time that God is saying, things need to change. I love what he says, though, after this. He goes, but God, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. You see, you have to understand that God is God and that he is in control. That when circumstances come, you have to learn that he is still God. You go through problems. The problem I have is that the the, the church of God is full of babies when it should be full of disciples. So you will got to keep changing pampers and wiping dirty butts you got to be cleaning dirty snouts. you got to be hand-feeding people because they don't want to grow. Yep. Yep. And then they wonder why the first thing comes and they're falling apart. Right, right, right. Man, you think that things are hard way to you? We have like 60 staff. Man, we started with a few and things have not stopped growing. I'm like, God, I appreciate your blessings, but tone it down. We seek for prosperity and, and then I'm like, Lord, I I love you, God, but bring in laborers. Bring in people to come with us. Because many people come, but there's no groundness, there's no st- standard of God in their lives. And the way that people come, I think if you removed most of the missionaries out of Burundi, it would probably be a, a better place go through and have men meetings and I only go to a few of them because it's in the city and the way that they talk well you know what this is just how the culture is and I'm like you so you don't think things can change what are you doing here get up and go you will look at me like that's offensive no it's the truth check yourself everyone wants to be patted down they want to be like oh it's so no it's not okay things are not okay look at where we're headed look at where we're going look at this life Look at the security of all these nations crumbling down. Who would figure a simple little thing would come? And here's Italy going through, crying out, pleading for help. China, one of the commerce nations of the world. Huh? Crumbling down like, oh, what do we do? And it's continuing to spread. And everyone's like, oh, I'm like, this is life. This is cause and effect. The way we walked will open the doors to blessings or will bring forth trials. The thing about it is, is, there's a difference for those that wait upon the Lord. We wait upon the Lord. We prepare ourselves. We keep ourselves in the Word of God. We keep ourselves in the presence of God. We seek Him, not because we have to, but because we want to. There's a sense of relationship that causes us. We can't just stay quiet. And the acceptance that is going on within this life, it has to be changed. Oh, it's okay. You know, this, this person, oh, some people are like, oh, you know, this and all this homosexuality and lesbianism. And I'm like, really? You know when the Bible talks about like they should not inherit the kingdom of God? It, if you go up the list a little bit, it also talks about fornicators and adulterers. How are they accepted in the church? And nothing is being said. There's a standard that we have placed and we're like this is tolerable but this is not. And then we wonder why things are the way they are. Where are you Lord God? And then rent the heavens Lord God. We we're needing for God to. I have a prayer I say all the time I'm like God break in, break through and break out because there has to be a shift there has to be a change that happens within us but you know what it's not comfortable it's not we but how much do we love god i had a meeting with a pastor and i'm sitting there and i'm like mm. i says have you been struggling again with pornography and he's like well um yeah a, a, a few weeks ago and I looked at him and I was like, I told you to close that door. I warned him. More than a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. close that door. Yep. You open the door to the enemy. He's going to come in. He's going to begin to wreck his house. Mm-hmm. For a year, he's been struggling with his youngest daughter. And then keeps crying out to God. Of what's good. Close the door to the enemy. Right. There has to be a sense where you're like, I'm very sorry, but if you leave the door open, of course the wolves are gonna come into the sheep. Yeah. We want God to do everything for us. This is what I'm saying. We act like children. Instead of growing up and becoming disciples, those that follow after God, those, God, I wanna, they call them Christians because it says those that were Christ like. What is our standard that we are setting ourselves to? Whether I go to Burundi, or I go to Germany, or I come here, it's become even a norm for drinking amongst Christians. I can't understand how I have a friend of mine who goes to a missionary party in Burundi and they're passing jello shots and all kinds of things. And I'm like, ooh, good thing I didn't go because they would have hated my guts. <laughs> come on. And it's not being religious you got to understand, they have workers that work in their house. And then they will speak to others. And they will speak to others. And what will they see of the testimony of Christ? What does it say in the Word? It says, because of you, my name is blasphemy. This is God speaking to the people. And then we wonder why Christianity is scrambled and put upon the floor because of the way that we have reflected Christ. And then we find ourselves judging instead of simply being lights, light. People want to be candles, let them be candles. But you sit there, you try to be a one million fresh lights. Don't sit there and criticize everyone else. Show them what a true light looks like. There has to be a shifting and a change. Because Let me tell you something. Christ is coming. People keep on like, oh, look at this. A little thing that happened. The whole world is quaking. So many people, the Lord's not coming yet. I was like, really? I said, how long did it take Hitler to consume the nations around him? I says, imagine if Satan gave his abilities to a single man. Don't tell me what can happen and what cannot happen. We're falling asleep in our securities. Oh, things are good. Things are not good. You have to prepare. Jesus says, for if the man knew when the thief is coming, he would be watching. This is why he says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Understanding the word of God, choosing to be like, I will not be caught off my feet. A lot of people are going through and they're worried about death. I'm like, man, that'll be a relief for me. Really. They go through and I'm like, please, if I, I told my wife, if I die, understand this. God was like, the world is not worthy of me. But if I come back to Burundi, I'm breaking all hell loose. It's true. What do you want to do? And what do you want to bring in this life that you are here? You set the standard by what, you, what is your faith? What, is your, what do you believe that God can do inside of you? You have to get to the place that you embrace God. As I've grown more and more into God, the more I realize, man, I am a very weak, weak and pitiful man. I don't understand how men sit there and grow, and they sit there, and they put themselves up on pedestals. Man, the more you get to know God, the more s- small you see you are. But the more he grows, someone can come to you, brings you a letter from the court. Someone's taking you to court. What did, my, what did the director see me do? I looked at her, and I said, praise God. She's like, what? I said, praise God. Because God does not acquit the guilt. I mean, he, he, he will not convict the innocent. I says you're going to see him at work. Shortly after that, another letter, someone else wants to sue us. Praise God. Should we pray about this? Yes, let's pray about this. So she's probably expecting like, hmm, what is he going to pray? God, I pray for their salvation. I pray, Lord God, that you will touch them and be with them. Help them to know you, to walk in your in Your. You think that I prayed that we would... Victory was mine because victory belongs to Jesus. You can either speak it or you can walk it. It's understanding who Christ is. Many of us, we know about God. But the thing is, do we know God? When the trials come, what do you do? When God speaks to you, your car is going to crash. I'm like, Lord... Six months, he's telling you it's going to happen. You're like, Lord, come on, this is our newest car. And then it happens, and you know it before you get the phone call, and you're like, mmm, and you're like, but this I know. All things proceed to good to those that love God and have been called by him, so this is what I will declare. Oh, my heart was shaking because we lost another car, period, before that. And we, the, the ambulance had gone into a, an accident was almost totally, so many things have been happening. This is what I am doing. I am learning to rejoice on the trials. Because they reveal my faith. They reveal who I am. I'm not walking around jumping and, and all skiddy. No, I'm like, no, God. Everything inside of me is crumbling down. But when people see me, they're going to see one hand clamping onto God and saying, you will pull me through this. This is the life that we have been called to live. There is a change that is coming. And God is calling us to go higher. People of God, I am challenging you. And I'm saying to you, there is so much more. And this is why I want to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. You got to understand... Jesus is walking and there's Jairus. He's like, come pray for my daughter. And then they're walking through. And then all of a sudden, here's this woman. Had an issue of blood for 12 years. I don't, have you ever thought to think about where she was? Look at it in a medical perspective. You're bleeding for 12 years. You're living very weak you're very feeble look now let's look at this in an emotional content being a woman in israel she had to announce herself wherever she went unclean she had to be excluded even from parties within her own family her own children her own house do you think that she was just anyone If she spent 12 years going to doctors, this woman had money. She had money because she had spent all that she had. See, sometimes we need to get to the end of ourselves to realize that's where God begins. You go through, you continue to press through. And she just, did she ever see Jesus do a miracle? No. The Bible says she heard About Jesus. So she went. And she said to herself. If I just touch. This woman was broken. She was outcasted. She was broken emotionally. Physically. Spiritually. Every possible thing you can think. But there was. There's always hope. There's always something we're fighting for. So. So. She says, I will just touch him. If I touch him, I will be healed. You see, that's faith. When you get to the place that you're like, I do this, God does that. You trust him. We come through, we hear things about, oh, things are going crazy. Things are going crazy with your children. And you're like, oh, praise God. Because if things were good, they wouldn't get to the place of brokenness to get to the place they want to seek God. You pray that God continues to break them. You're like, God, don't give them any peace. Let them realize you are the Prince of Peace. Yes. Oh, God, please protect my little son or my daughter. Protect my brother. No, God, give them hell so they will want to come to heaven. That's the reality of things. We want to pray coverings of protection. No. Let it be like God. Be like Satan touch his body, but don't touch his life. Yes. Bring them to that place. Amen. Pray in a way that let them see the reality, the joy of the Lord. So and when you see them, Man, I praise God because when when, before I came to the Lord, my, my dad had spoken to, to the Lord. And, and he got to the place 10 years, you know, and he's hearing all things going on. We lived in Cambridge and there's shootouts and all kind of things going on. And people, were, and he's like, I am so sick of this, God, here, take my son. And God spoke to him out of late, And he told him, this is what I've been waiting for. So my dad, he understood what God said So when people came and he would say, have you seen my son? And they were like, yeah. He's like, he's going out. He's preaching. He's going around the world. And they're like, we just saw him. There was a shootout just a day ago. And he's like, this is what you see. Ten years of prayer could not outpower three months of proclamation of faith. And do you think that someone preached to me? There wasn't a single man that could preach to me. I came from the church. God had to come to me personally. He has a way to reach your families. He has a way to reach into your problems. He has a way to reach into your things. The only thing that he's asking is that you hold on. Wait for him. You wait. You trust him. Don't give out. Don't, Don't give in to the things of the world. No, you go through. You says, Lord, I will hold on to you no matter what. And God, He will make a way where there is no way. People of God, there's so much more that we can see. This clinic started. We were going through a really hard time. We spent like three and a half years that week I would call or or, or write around the, the, the 7th or the 10th and they were like, I'm sorry, the money for, for this month is not in. I'm like, Lord, this is hard. But we will still continue and then call closer toward the month and it says, just send what you have. And then we had to go through barely making do. Three and a half years like that. And then in the midst of this, there's an epidemic that happens and, and there's a, a, a malaria sweeps through the nation. More than three thousand people died. Going crazy, we had like twenty-four staff, and in the midst of that, at least four to five of them had lost a relative. Oh, things were serious. And here we are sitting. I had built a building. We had equipment donated from Samaritan's Purse, but it's going to require that we would double our budget. This is why it's good to have people of God. We called the board and we says, hey, we need something done. We have to really do something. And then I says, let's pray. Don't take this wrong. This is a cuss word, but I'm going to say it. And fast. Okay? Yeah, I said the fast word. And we did. We prayed. And we fasted. And we came back again to get together. And then we're like in the midst of the fasting I always struggled financially all the time because, I mean, think about this. I grew up poor. I remember when, one of my years in high school, I had four pair of pants. I had to make sure they were kept clean. And then going through and we went there, we gave everything away, and then here we are. We start with the mattress on the floor. We're like scrounging, barely picking ourselves up. Then we go through, we move, and here we are struggling three and a half years. And the Lord is like, hey. And I says, God, what do we do? Do we open? The Lord said yes. I didn't have to ask him anything else because I'm a man of God. We'd already gone through and prayed, fasted. I knew the vision. I had written it down. I was waiting for the Lord to speak back and correct me. To say yes or to say change. The second the Lord said yes, We spoke to the board, and we said, hey, God said to do this. And I still remember the treasure. Kelly was on the phone. She was like, do you know that we've struggled to meet our monthly needs, and now you're asking to double it? I was like, yes, God said. And everyone says, all the board, everyone, let's do it. And we did it. Within two weeks, 10,000 had come in. And money kept going in. And instantly, we went through, we started the clinic that has now served over 65,000 people. People get spoken to, people get preached to, people get prayed for. I told them, I said, You guys are not doctors, you're ministers. You're not nurses, you're ministers. This is who we are. We are ministers. And this is what we do. You go into the clinic, scripture on the wall, scripture on the wall. Trusting in God. Have I questioned God financially ever again? No. I haven't. I mean, it's been the Lord saying, you need to get this better. And I'm like, God, I'm content. It's been God having to push me to say, I'm pushing you to go higher. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge, and He will set your path straight. This woman had to go push through the crowds, and she touched Jesus. And he goes, He tells us, Peter, who touched me? And he's looking at Jesus like, You're nuts. He says, how can you say this? You see the mobs, they're clustering around you. And you ask me, who touched you? And he continues to look. Though there were many that touched him. That's probably me. It's my alarm. Though there were many that touched him. She drew what was inside out of him. There's always many around him. But I want to ask you, if you're going to have the worship, you can go ahead and come up. So this is my question. How many are getting to the place where they're getting to the end of themselves so that they can get to the beginning of God? Things are changing. I'm not moved by the viruses. I'm not moved by sickness. I'm not moved by death. I'm not moved by any of that. I don't, you see, I have been privileged. I've seen the Lord. I've experienced. I've walked with the Lord. I have blessings that many people have not been able to experience. I don't question heaven. This is for me, like, if death was to come, I would welcome it. I went to the hospital and he says, You have six months to live. I'm like, praise the Lord, a life sentence. Because every day that I live in this world, it weighs upon me. I rebuke the nationals over there all the time. And I says, How come it is me? I walk to the streets and I'm like, Lord, touch these people, Lord, deliver them, set them free. And you guys just walk by, like, oh, look at them. I says, and this is me being an outsider. If you walk in the love of God, life is not about you. You walk with the Lord. It's, you understand, you go to trials. This is what I love. People complain about trouble. You want to know why I love when things are going crazy? Because the Lord says, Psalms 91, and I will be with you in trouble. He's there. He's closest. He's carrying you. All that he's asking is that you, like a child, just hold tight onto his hands. I would even challenge you not to preach to anyone for the next month. To simply work on your heart and be like, God, let me know you. Let me know your heart. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your ways. When people simply see the difference in your life, they will ask you, where do you go? You think it's about speaking. No. Lift him up. And he will draw all men unto you. There's something about surrendering. Don't compromise. Do not compromise with the world. Do not yield to it. Do not accept it. Sin is sin. Sin. But understand this also, the mystery. We're not to judge those outside of the church. I don't understand how people walk around like, oh, this person, this sinner, this and this. Um, They don't go to church. You have no reason at all to point the finger. Look at them. You smile. When I see people, I see women all broken down and men all broken down because they're walking in boundness. I don't look at them and say, oh. I look at them and say, oh. Because they're lost. They're blind, they're bound. I was there, I walked in that path and my heart changes and it crushes. I'm like, "Mm, God, what do I say and what do I do? Now it's different with Christians. I have the freedom to speak. I have the freedom to declare, but know when. You don't want to be in work. You don't want to be anywhere. Going through, trying to be religious. Let them see Christ. People get offended when people curse. I'm like, sweet Lord, every other word in Pine Hills was a cuss word. Like, that's natural language, you know. I don't go to change people. I let the Lord take care of that. The more you root yourself, the more you hold him, the more you trust him. He's good. And his plans said yes and amen. You choose. You're like, God, I want you to help me. Help me to love. You gotta understand. Your norm is different than my norm. It's not normal for you to go through when you and you're walking. You see little kids that are like 15 to 20 years, 20 pounds, and they're already like five years old. Broken down, no shoes, walking barefooted. Dirt houses, dirt bricks, dirt mud houses. I don't look at them and be like, oh, God, poor them. I'm like, no, the the greatest thing I can offer them is Christ and Christ alone. That's what they need. We give them, but it's only an avenue to bring the word. We provide food, but it's only an avenue to bring the food of life. We provide services, but it's only an avenue to tell them about son of God. The more you understand that life is not about us, the more that you will see that God will do in your life. The more that you're rooted in Christ, the more you understand why he slept in this storm. You trust him. You take a hold of him. There's no way that that boat is going to sink. Not while Christ is in the, not while he's there we have good words but do we live them we speak he's a good good father but then the, we start going through problems and we feel like we're orphans i tell you right now it can be a bull if i see him charging my son he's gonna have to deal with me And people are like, you're just a man. I'm like, no, I'm a man of God. Let's get this right. If Samson can can fight a lion, I can take down a bull. Trust me. Where's your faith? Talking and whispering, searching and seeking, choosing to change because now is the time and the season to make a difference in this world to be like man i don't agree with the way you're living but it's not over yet lord have your way break through breaking and break out because you are god alone be glorified and exalted because he is god you want to see greatness in your life enter into the greatness of god you want to be transformed, enter into the presence of God. There's no way that you could enter into the presence of God and not be changed. But my thing is, what is your tolerance? Like the pastor I spoke to, and he's like, Well, I don't think I could ever stop doing pornography. And I looked at him and I said, Well, I guess you don't love God. And he almost looked at me offended. I was like, I'll keep digging, Lord. I said, if you love me, you follow my commands. If you struggle with his commands, it's really because you don't love him. Oh, he was like, he stayed quiet. I'm like, you can stay quiet all you want. This is the truth and this is it. I will not accept it. I am declaring it because it is time for freedom. says if you trust him, he will set you free. Him whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Why do I walk out of there? Because I trusted him. think I didn't go through yearnings yes I did but I understood there was a greater yearning and he's called Jesus Christ and I was like I want to encounter this man who saved me who transformed me who has taken me and this is why he came to me I saw him months and months and months I prayed all the time I want to see you but see that's perseverance We pray, one thing we forget like for months and we pray again. No, if you want a nice big TV, you think about it every day. How about thinking of God in a greater way? You want a nicer car. You're like, ooh, every time you see it, you're like, ooh, I want one of those. How about you start looking at the things of God and be like, ooh, I want one of those. People of God, there's so much more. And the presence of God, he's not dead. We're going to come through, we're going to take some time to worship, and this is all you're going to do. You're going to go through, you're going to pray and be like, God, this is where I have fallen short, but this is what I want to give you. The problem is people make promises and be like, God, I will not do this again. I'm not going to get drunk, or or I'm not going to watch pornography, or I'm not going to go through, I'm going to reconcile with my family, but I haven't. They they make promises and, and then they... They don't keep them and they leave them there. No, no, pick it up again. And be like, God, I made this word. I said it to you, Lord God. I dropped it, but it's not over yet. There is life inside of you. Let's bring change. Understand you're going to see a progressiveness within the words that are being spoken. Because God is saying that it is time. People of God, there's so much more. The presence of God is not just for there and here. It's everywhere. You can feel him. And you know what? When you don't feel him, like our friend, the pastor, he told me, he's like, Isaiah, I'm going to tell you something. I was young in the Lord. I was living in heaven. And Pastor Nelson was like, hey, I just want to tell you, when you don't see his hands, trust in his heart. And I was like, man, I'm traveling the world. I'm preaching. I'm doing crusades. I'm in heaven. Yeah, but he... Those words when everything started crumbling down, and then I came and I lost my son, and all these things started to happen, and you're being questioning like, hold on a second, I will not question him, I will trust in him. My Redeemer lives. Though you slay me, yet I will seek you. I'm telling you, there's power in the Word of God. And when you hold it and you take a hold of it, it changes you. You look at things in a different way. So take this time as they go through and they worship to come before the Lord and says, Lord, I haven't done this, I want to do this. I haven't pursued you in the word. I haven't sought you like I want to, Lord God. I've really felt a burden to, to do more of this and I have. Lord, I've I've let this down and, and I need to change. I have this bondage, but here I give it to you, Lord God. Let this time be a shifting to bring even greater change in your lives. Let me tell you something. When you trust in God, you're going to rejoice in the chaos you begin to hear. What used to make you weep Will make you wonder what used to make you wonder will make you process hmm what are you doing look at the craziness of life if there was never any trials we would not have heard the testimonies of his glory if they were never threatened to be thrown into the furnace we would have never heard of the testimony of walking in the fire with the lord Daniel would not have said, I will continue to seek him despite my life might be on the line. And then we have a God that will shut the lion's mouth. What do you want to see from God? I'm telling you, whatever you can possibly think, imagine he's greater still. He's greater still. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.